This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's what Coach told us before the game. He said that um, the Miami Heat, they represent Heat culture, and it's always next man up and the next guy's opportunity. And so um, that's what they did tonight. Um, and guys that don't usually play, they stepped up and made plays, and they played good games. They played hard. And um, that's something that Coach was preaching before the game, saying that they're going to come out even harder than they would if they had their starters. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Some of the guys he's referring to about Jamal Kane throwing in 18 last night. Tyler Hero, he's, he's a guy who's got a big contract, but he had 26. We talked about the rookie, Jaime Jaquez, out of UCLA, Pac-12 Player of the Year, 17 last night for him. So that was vintage Miami basketball as it took it to the Golden State Warriors, just worked them by double digits as Golden State hitting what I think is sort of a new low. and. The question now becomes, what's next for Golden State? Is that big trade, is that now just a matter of time? We do have some updated news. I'm going to let you get the people caught up on what's going on with Kevon Looney and GP2. Well, yeah, it sounds like uh, Kevon Looney is ill and may not go tomorrow night, which would be historic because the guy has played in 220 we see 223? 223. 223 straight games. But he's questionable tomorrow night against the Nuggets uh, due to illness. And um, we're talking about Kerr's rotation and and the tough decisions he's got to make. Well, they only get tougher tomorrow night because Gary Payton's coming back. <laughs> and Gary Payton, you know, as a great defensive player, is going to be in that rotation. Just makes it all the more, more crowded. But, man, it's just, you know, the Warriors right now, it's they're in 11th place. Steph's in his mid thirties. Um, their window for winning a title has either already shut, or it's pretty close to being shut. And I don't see what the game plan is. I mean, I'd love to know what the game plan is going forward. You know, if you're a Warrior fan and you know everything you know right now, they've got a team that's pretty deep, maybe too deep. And you've got Paul, who's got an expiring, he's expiring deal, 38 years old. Um, Clay's turned down, what, a two-year, $50 million extension. You extended Green, but he seems like he's gone off the deep end. And you've got four, you know, really good young, four really good young players that absolutely need minutes prioritized for them in Pajemski, TJD, Kuminga and Moody. What do you do? What do you do? You got Clay's going to shoot your stank guy if you bench him and tell him to come off the bench. You got Wiggins who's cruising with $200 million in the bank. Um, doesn't look like the player that he was in the finals a couple years ago at all. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do if you're Dunleavy? You're a first year GM, you've got an opulent arena. You got an owner that's like, hey, whatever you do, we need people to keep coming through the turnstiles. Okay, well, what does that mean? That means, you know, what does that mean about, you know, it's like what to do with this team. And I've heard people say they should make a big play for KD. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Obviously, you know, that would shorten your window that much more, right? Because he's, he's an older player. So it's it's a tough one. Uh, Kerr doesn't have a contract beyond this year, right? So he's in kind of a lame duck situation. Um, Kuminga's, you know, voicing his unhappiness. Moody's equally unhappy. He's just not voicing it. Um, I mean, what, I'm not sure what what they just came off of a really bad loss where Kerr admitted they were outcoached, outworked, and outplayed. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know what to say. They they used to be able to shoot the basketball. They can't now. <laughs> They're small. I, I'm. Anybody uh, have any ideas? Let's uh, let's start passing the the idea you know thing around. If you have a good idea for how to save Golden State going forward, or how to jumpstart this whole thing, or how to redirect. I mean, I guess the first question is, what's realistic, and what's possible. And what does Steph want, right? I think those would be... If I'm Dunleavy or Joe Lacob and I was sitting down with Kerr, I'd say, okay, guys, what's realistic on the trade front? Mike says, well, we talked to this guy. We can get this guy for that guy. We can get this guy for that guy. You know, what's possible? And what is... You know, where's Steph on moving off of, of these players? And it's one thing to, like, say, hey, Steph, what do you think? But I get the sense that the caller who said before that the players are running the team is absolutely spot on, dead on right, and that he, you know, the players are running the team, and that's probably not the healthiest situation. So I don't know what the answer is going to be for them, but man, when you watch games like last night and you think, man, there's got to be some big decision looming. There's got to be a big trade coming. Somebody's going to be fired. Somebody's going to be traded. Something needs to happen to this basketball team to reset their direction. Because right now, it's like a boat that's engine died, and it's just bobbing in the water. Well, let's get an answer to those questions. What do we do next for the Golden State Warriors? We open it up at 888-957-9570. Starting things in Pacifica with Junior. Junior, go ahead. Welcome to 95.7 The Game. Hey, great discussion, you guys. I really appreciate it. It's not harsh, you know, trying to score points, but just trying to figure things out. And first of all, we don't realize how lucky we are, you know, to get four championships in this period – it, took, it didn't just take good coaching, it took a revolution. And I think that the player empowerment that we're kind of bemoaning now, which I get, was part of that. I don't think you get the four championships without that sharing of burden. So given that where we are now, though, can't last forever, right? I think that we have a really nice rotation of talent and experience of eight or nine guys spread across about 12 human people. And so it's diffuse. And whichever way you lean, it's not even a top team, let alone an amazing team with the current group. Because you got experience, but you're slowing down. You've got youth, but not enough experience. You know, it just doesn't fit up. So add up. So I think a trade where you collapse, you know, two and three players into one, uh, you know, well above average player once or twice uh, to keep the current core going. I think you got to milk the core that you've got um, until the end because you don't get a revolution like this. You know, it's a change of the game. I don't see that coming uh, to be really harsh. I think the summary of Joe Lacob's basketball innovation was our, our friend who I like, James Weissman, and that did not work, right? That was his big insight, and it wasn't one. So uh, we just are we, are we put Are, are we putting that on Joe? I mean, is his Smilagich and Wiseman are on Joe? Is that what it is? Is that where we're at? <laughs> I'm, I'm putting Wiseman on Joe. I haven't heard no one else has stepped up and said it was me. And he's gone. That's it. Also, like a, a lot of good things about him, but he's gone too quiet lately. Myers, he should step up. Myers did say at the goodbye. Uh, I love it here. I could stay uh, forever, but I can't. Uh, presser. He did say Joe loves size. You did stick that one in there. <laughs> you know, seriously. Hello. That was, if anything, was like, hey, Wiseman wasn't my freaking fault. It was <laughs> Joe's. When, he, when when Bob said, Joe does love size, everybody knows that. <laughs> that was the, Joe Wiseman was Joe's pick. You know, in defense of Joe, and one of the, someone on the text line alluded to this, that small ball is out and you need to go big. I think that if Wiseman hit, that's sort of what's trending in the NBA. To get a big who could be a two-way player that can get outside, inside, and can rim run. Because if you look right now, the subtle changing of the guard, while the Warriors changed the entire template of how to win in the NBA some 8 to 10 years ago with shooting threes like nobody had ever done before. Now when you look at it, especially in the West, the, the big man has returned. 
I mean, Minnesota is huge. Chet yeah. Holmgren in Oklahoma is huge. Yeah. Joel Embiid, Giannis, you got Jokic, the best team in the NBA. Well, it's not just size either. It's size and skill. Well, that's combined. just it. That's today's big. It's right. not the 1990s where you can just go down to the dots, we'll lob it to you, and then clear aside and you do your thing, Patrick Ewing. or That's you know, why Markkinen, people suggesting Markkinen, that's why that's so attractive because that's what he represents. But I think missing on Weissman, the fact that that didn't work out, really set this franchise back because they are still playing the same style of ball that won them titles back in 15 and 16, and I think the league's moved on to a certain degree. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, One of the trade rumors I'm seeing here from a guy on Twitter, Rocky at Rocky underscore M, says, what do you think of this one? Draymond, Wiggins, Moody, Joseph, First-round picks in 26 and 28 to Phoenix for Durant, Eric Gordon, and either Watanabe or Josh Okoge. I mean, i do it. I, they're not moving Okoge. Phoenix has got to be drunk to pull the trigger on that. Well, I'll say this, though. I mean, when, when a player makes $48 million like Durant does or whatever he makes, and, he said, and, and he's not particularly happy, it's, it's not an, necessarily an easy contract to move. You know, I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of teams out there that are like, yeah, you know what? I'll take a 35 year old guy making 48 million dollars. You know, I mean, it, it's so Draymond Wiggins, Moody, Joseph, and two number ones, probably late, you know, mid to late first round picks. I, you know, I probably would pull pull the trigger on that. All right, let's get your thoughts on that trade. Any trade for the Golden State Warriors? How do they fix things? We are sponsored by Lucky California. We see your phone calls. Hang in there. We're going to pay some bills, and we'll be right back on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, a lot falls on on my plate. I'm the guy that's supposed to bring energy and hustle plays and effort plays, and I didn't do that tonight. You know, I can usually gauge that by, you know, how many steals, deflections, rebounds I get, and tonight was probably my worst performance of the year in in that case. So I think it starts with me. You know, coach can say that it's his fault he didn't get us prepared and whatnot, but I'm in that starting group for that reason, and I just don't think I bring that energy and effort tonight like I usually do. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Larry Kruger, Dan Avone, that was the rookie, Brandon Pajemski, which is kind of funny because he did finish with 10 points and was plus one. I watched the game. I didn't think he was that bad. He was awful. It was all Pajemski. Did you hear what Clay It was all Pajemski's fault. I'm glad he he wore it, finally. (laughs) Take responsibility, kid. This nightmare game was all on you. It wasn't on Kerr. It wasn't on Wiggins. It wasn't on Kuminga's turnovers. It was on Pods. Damn. He blew it last night. Just absolutely <laughs> gagged it away. No, that kid, I mean, you got to love that kid, but he didn't need to say that. I mean, he wasn't on him. I didn't I watch all every game. I love the way he's playing. I think he's being I don't know. I'm not sure if that was for effect or if he's being way too, just way too hard on himself to defer from uh the others trying to be a leader. I don't know, but bad take. 
It wasn't all on you. No, it wasn't. And it was sort of funny because Clay Thompson was reminded of that when he sat down and someone said, yeah, Brandon Pajemski said this loss was on him. And Clay's like, well, that's an emotional young man or the emotional rookie. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, Pajemski, uh, they, there was lethargy definitely last night. And, you know, he didn't take any charges and maybe he can put it on himself, but that was a, a collective lack of effort last night. Back out to the phone lines. Let's get out to Fremont, 888-957-9570. Is it Sewell in Fremont? Suge, what do you got, Suge? Hi there. Um, I usually call Steiny and Guru, but, um, I, you know, my timing is all off today. But, you know, I just want to ask you all a question. I don't understand why um, we, uh, why everybody looks for Stephen Clay to always make the basket. I mean, I feel like yesterday, one of the turnovers that Kuminga com- committed, he was near the basket. But somehow this coaching that they have to pass it to the two of them, that has got to stop because he tried to send, pass it on to Clay. And, um, you know, someone from uh, the Miami Heat team grabbed the ball and it was a turnover. But it's this is something that has been going on for a while. I know that during the glory days, these guys used to be, always be able to make shots. But right now... It's not the glory days anymore. I mean, whether you like to believe it or not, it's not those days anymore. And whoever's near the basket, whoever can make the shot and whoever can take, make the points should do it. I don't understand why we're continuing to rely on Clay and stuff. That's all I really got to say. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. Um, it is weird. And, and not only that, there, I know exactly what sequence she's referring to, but. Um, it's not just that they're passing it to Steph and Clay. I can't stand that trend in the NBA when you're literally in the lane oh my with one guy between you me. and the bucket, and, and you kick it out to a guy who's not like wide open. Sometimes he's wide open, sometimes he's not. But from 25 feet away, I mean, it's like... Take the higher percentage shot. And it's You're a big guy that's typically doing that. The lane. You're in the lane. It's like you can't finish in traffic over one guy and and, and a three point look from the perimeter. And sometimes it's a sniper. Sometimes it's it's clay or Steph. Sometimes it's not. You know, and you're just like in this habit. By the way, here's another pet peeve, and this is probably gonna make me sound like seven trillion years old. I don't remember Larry Bird stepping out of bounds. I don't remember Michael Jordan stepping out of bounds. I mean, I see I see guys stepping out of bounds like a ridiculous amount of times. It's like why? Well, I mean, I understand space the floor, pace in space, you know, get it spread the floor as much as you can. And so that's the mindset of why you want to stay as spread out as possible, create the space. I get it. But how many guys step out of bounds? How many how many possessions is it acceptable in an NBA game to give away because you stepped out of bounds? Yeah, I think the game is really voluntarily. Changed. Yeah, no, it happens all. It's not just relegated to the Warriors. No, no, it's a league wide epidemic. Well, I think it's because because you and I grew up where everything was impacted, right? You played in the paint, right? Guys are posting up down low, and everything evolved. You threw out of the post when they were double teamed, but everything was go turn on YouTube and watch the Celtics and the Lakers from back in the day in the NBA championship. Everything was packed inside, and now everything has been extended. So defensively, maybe it's have, time to widen the court. It could be because usually it's in that short corner. All right, back out to the phone lines at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. By the way, spot on. I saw. A play really quick before we get to Dan in San Francisco, where Joel Embiid had a step on a guy. And I'm expecting a dunk. And he kicks to the corner to Tobias Harris, who's like, I don't know, 25 feet, 20 feet from the hoop. And he shoots a three. And it was just, this is sort of the accepted sort of you know par for the course in the NBA these days. The announcer's like, and Embiid kicks to the corner. I'm like, why isn't anyone screaming that he's there was no one between him and the hoop, and you're passing up an uncontested two-footer for a talented seven-footer for a three. We've become so... Wait, there was no defender? There was no defender, but we've become so... <laughs> en- no, no. no defender at all? Because we become, Larry, so enamored with the three. Like, the three dictates everything. 
I mean, you don't have to look any further than it was the GM at Houston. Was it the end of a game? No, a... it was throughout the course of the game, and it was just sort of this accepted nature. That's I, wild. Well, that's but that's you know an exaggerated example. But again, it's this inside-out game where. Uh, hey, listen, man, I'd love to go back in the day where you did have a guy from time to time would post up and give me a hook shot from time to time. It's still the unblockable shot. All right. Where's George Mikan when you need him? Dan in San Francisco. What's up, Dan? Hey, fellas. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this team as currently constructed, I think they're pretty competitive, but I don't think they're a championship team. And, fellas, I'm telling you, you know this organization is a championship organization, needless to say. You know, with how many rings that they want in a pretty fine night period of time. And Steph Curry is not going to waste the last of, you know, back end of his prime years, um, you know, I mean, running with a 500 team. And I'm not saying this is a 500 team. I think it's maybe a little bit better, maybe an eighth or a seventh seed at best. And I think this is also, I think there's a bigger scope here that this is sort of what happens. You know, you know, the kinds of dynamics that arise at the end of a dynasty. And yeah, I do think it's the end. I don't think Clay's the same player. Sure, you know, Clay can still shoot it. He can still shoot you out the gym on a, you know, on, you know, on any given night. He's not moving the same. He can't defend the same. He's not adding the same kind of value that he once added. And Wiggs is unreliable mentally. He's been that way. He, he, you know, Wiggs was the first overall pick in the draft. And go to Minnesota and ask, you know, those fans what they thought of him. You know, he was a shell of himself. Uh, you know, a, you know, a pretty good player, and 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 you know, I think he is a good pro, but he's unreliable. And uh, you know, I think you know, I I think Mike Dunleavy's got to make a change, fellas. Do you think? Are you suggesting that Steph may demand a trade? I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that if Steph wants to play championship level basketball, a trade is required. Wow. I don't think this team, as currently constructed, can compete with a championship. Uh, you know, that would rock this. That would rock this franchise and rock this whole region if if he demanded a trade. I will say this. I mean, he um, he and Clay looked just despondent on the bench last night. The game ended. Everybody else walked back to the locker room. They're sitting right there. You know, we're for a good ten count, just sitting there with towels over their head. And it was a it was a dismal perform it was a dismal performance, um, but the worst thing is is that it's the questions that are looming around the franchise now. It's like you've got this the you know you got some young players that need minutes. You've got older players that have regressed. You've got you know you've got your superstar face of the franchise is thirty five, but he looks like he could play. Six or seven more years. I mean, I, Steph Curry to me looks like he can play. Like he's going to have an extended prime, and yet the Warriors were a forty-four win team last year. They're headed towards that exact spot right now. Uh, they're in eleventh place. The championship window probably is shut, and it's like. Mike Dunleavy's there to kind of make sense of it and figure out who's here going forward. Is Steph here? I would assume he is. But how about Draymond? How about Clay? How about Wiggs? How about Kerr? How about Loon? Where are they going? Where's this thing going? Because I'll say this, you know, the one thing, too, and I'm a lifelong Warrior fan, grew up in the Sunset, uh, rooting for the Warriors. I was five when Rick Barry, um, you know, won the thing in 75, so I really didn't remember that. I really became a, a fan when they had, like, you know, Lloyd Free, Bernard King, JB, Purvis Short, those guys. Um, Larry Smith. Larry, Mr. Mean, yeah, I mean, and then, of course, you know, the Run TMC days and Tommy T and all that, but... You know, it's like you look at them now, and I know there's an awful, awful lot of fa- uh, Warrior fans who are just their standards are so high for the franchise. And now you're looking at a mediocre team that has some veterans that are in decline, that are clogging up the minutes for some younger players that are not stars, but they're definitely ascending and they need minutes to develop. And Kerr's like, you know, on some nights he looks like he's coaching the team he used to have. And I kind of wish he would start to coach the team that he actually has. Um, 
I don't know. Then last night, last night, it's just a weird vibe right now. It's a weird vibe because it's like it's like what's the direction? Where are they going? Where's the, where's this thing headed? And there's got to be some. I don't know. I get the feeling that the fan base and maybe even the players to some degree are waiting for that big move to happen to either consolidate the roster, move off of some of the young players that aren't getting development, or move off of some of the older players that are in decline. Um, And deep down, Devone, I mean, the thing that I wonder about the most, what does Steph Curry actually want? Does he want to be here? Does he want to not be here? Does he want Steph? Does he want to win the ring at all costs? And goodbye to anybody and everybody that... Um, if they can make a deal to you know change the cast, or is he like most committed to I want to be here and I want to go out with the guys I came in with and everything else? If 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 it's if there's no title that results and no uh, finals appearance that results from that, so be it. Wouldn't you like to know exactly what he would prefer? Because he's done enough for this franchise. Or he should be able to write his own ticket. And I, I don't believe that you should listen to the players. He's the exception. I would like to think that it's just not in his nature to demand a trade. It could be wrong. It doesn't sound Steph Curry-esque. I think he's very aware of his brand and who he is and how he's perceived. Not only by the league, but around the world by fans. And he likes the differentiation between him and, say, a LeBron. We'll get into KD. (laughs) Kidding me, he wants to be traded again. And Steph has always been sort of a step above. But also the caller mentioned that, and I hear this, it seems to be pervasive, Larry, that, well, the Warriors are going to get into the playoffs, but they're going to get bounced in that second round. Maybe they get into the playing game. They're going to be another six or seven seed. Are we so sure? Are we so How confident are you right now that they're going to pass the Suns? Or the Rockets with Jalen Green and Shen Goon and those young players. Are you confident they're going to pass the Lakers? No, I'm not. The Mavericks? No. Like this idea that, well, we're going to get to the playoffs again. How is that a foregone conclusion if we're to use what it is we've seen over the last you know month, month and a half as a measuring stick? Yeah. No, I mean, there's no indications that they're going on some massive run. Um and and things are going to be real tight in the West. I mean, and you, and you knew that. I mean, come on, this is something we knew at the beginning of the year that it was going to be that it was going to be a crowded group of playoff contenders. We didn't know which teams would ascend, which teams would take a step back, but you knew that there was too many teams battling for those eight spots. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's coming, but it just it seems like man. I mean, either. You need to either play guys like Moses Moody or and Jonathan Kuminga, and if you're not going to play them, it's probably time to move off of them and 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 move them on. But I wouldn't do that. I'd I'd be more interested in moving off some of the older guys, Wiggins, Draymond. I think I'm open. I I was anti moving off of Draymond, but I'd be open to it now. Um, I love the idea of Clay Thompson going to the finish line, but um, I'm I'm open to listening to what else is out there. Um, I you know he Clay just seems like both Clay and Draymond seem like they're they're gonna they're gonna struggle in the twilight of their career. I feel like we're seeing it in both guys. I think we're seeing Clay struggle with you know he doesn't want to reinvent himself as a two point sniper. He wants to be the Clay Thompson of old, and some nights he can do it, and some nights he can't. And then Draymond, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, what three weeks off for counseling and this and that? We'll find out what he returns as. His game is still intact, but you know he's—it's almost like he's become a huge distraction. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Steph wants. I don't know what Joe wants. I don't know what Dunleavy's got cooking. It sounded like about ten days ago that Mike was had made it perfectly clear to the other GMs in the league that they're open for business and that he's open-minded about about trades, and we're in the middle of trade season right now. I mean, the talks are probably going on right now, right up until whatever it is, February, whatever. I think they missed Draymond last night. I just got that sense. Last night was one of those games, can't say this about every game, but last night had that sense of 
you needed someone to light a fire. There was a, a clear lack of energy for whatever reason. And I guess this is going to happen through the course of 82 games. And they really hadn't been blown out this year. Uh, and they didn't shoot it well. And it was one of those where you just needed someone to, to, to provide that spark, which has really been what it is that's defined Draymond Green through all these years. And also, not to get too technical, because I'm certainly not a coach, but it just looked as though every time you looked up, somebody was getting beat off the dribble. And they, the Warriors always talk about, Steve Kerr always mentions, the point of attack defense, which has been so bad for the Golden State Warriors over the years and really evident last night. But the problem is, is that there was, you know, there's no second defender. And more often than not, if Pajemski or somebody's getting beat out front, well, at least, you know, you have that last line of defense, which is oftentimes Draymond Green, who knows how to rotate better than anybody. His basketball IQ is as good as anybody that's ever played this game. Now, I can't say that throughout the course of the last, what is it now, we're going on two weeks without Draymond Green, but last night to me, it was very evident that Draymond Green was not in that lineup because that intangible was missing. And I think that's what he brings. Oh, they miss his fire, the way he directs traffic on the defensive end. Um, I mean, he's 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 a terrific. I mean, Draymond Green is one of the great players of his era. All right, I mean, I mean, how many guys in our lifetime have had the Draymond Green skill set where they can average over seven assists a game and still be your rim protector and still be a primo defender on the perimeter and on the block? I mean, he's he's a special player, and they miss him uh, a lot. It, it just can't, you know. Where's his head right now? Um, he seems like he's in a different space um, this year. So I'm not sure, you know, if that's uh, what he'll return as and how he'll how it will go. But I think you just got to be open minded as to you know, what's out there. Maybe there's a team out there that really looks at him as the final piece to the puzzle and would give you some assets that would make sense for you. Um, 510 here says, go get Zion Williamson. He says he needs a change of scenery, and I'm I'm betting New Orleans will be willing to move off of him. I don't know, man. He had 36 and 15 the other night. I, I don't see him going anywhere. All right, I'm told there's somebody on the phone line that agrees with me, so of course we're going to you first, George, in San Francisco. <laughs> What's up, George? <laughs> hey, you know you 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 said exactly what I said. What I wanted to say, word for word, better than I could. Uh, I, I think there are three ways Draymond really impacts the team. The way we missed him last night. Number one is the way he sets up Steph. Steph is not getting his shots as easily as he did when Draymond was there. Frequently, Draymond would throw a bounce pass to where Steph was going, not where he was, but where he was going. And and then he would set those ferocious screens. We really miss that dimension of the game. And then, as you said, we miss his fire, and, of course, we miss his defensive capabilities. And I don't think you can talk about this franchise going forward until we see Draymond's status going forward. I think once he's back, once we see how he fits into this team, then we can make our, our judgment about the future, but not until he gets back. It's a good point. It, yeah, a lot of good points there. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, the, the a lot of people that I've talked to have said, do, you, do the Warriors even know what piece they would want to acquire in a big trade? And, you know, that's it's a good question because they, they need size, but in some ways I kind of feel like they need a, a more dominating number two scorer than anybody that they have. You know, they need somebody who can be that that absolute number two scoring uh, player. And I heard I was I think I was listening to Guru the other day. He's talking about uh, I don't know if he threw it out, but he th- somebody threw out Donovan Mitchell. Now that would off- make you an awfully small team because he's six one. But I think I would be interested in that. The other move that I think is is interesting is what are the Warriors going to do with Chris Paul? You know, is is Chris Paul's got an? Exp- I mean, when when they moved to get Chris Paul, they moved off a of pool. I looked at it like kind of like the KD um, D'Lo deal, where it's like D'Lo wasn't going to be the piece that they wanted, and eventually they turned D'Lo into Wiggins and uh, Kuminga. Right? Um, what are they going to turn Chris Paul's thirty million dollar expiring into? Especially now with Pajemski here. There's you don't need Chris Paul as your backup one. You could have that fit that that role filled. 
and turn him because I mean I've seen really intriguing trades like teams that want to get underneath the cap or, or at least want to you know trim some money and want an expiring kind of reset deal. Someone threw out Caruso and Vucevic from the Bulls for for Chris Paul, which. You know, I mean, that's an awful lot of talent coming back for Chris Paul. You'd have a hard time not improving if you added a big man who could shoot it like that and a good defensive Chris guard. Chris Paul straight up for those two? Well, I, it was probably Paul in a pick, but it was Paul's $30 million salary for those guys. Uh, I think one guy makes 18 the other guy makes 10 something like that. I mean, that that to me seems very one-sided, but that's be, you're, you know, because Chris Paul makes $30 million. Or do you want... Do you want a big player coming back? Do you want to? Do you want somebody who could replace a Jordan Poole and be a, you know, put it on the deck and be a scorer? I mean, Mitchell is a big time scorer. There's no question, but he's six foot one. I think Chris Paul is part of a package. I really do. I think that because of the expiring contract, that whether it's Kaminga, whether it's Wiggins, it's going to include Chris Paul. What if indeed they do make a move? You could rest assured that Chris Paul will be packing his bags off to Atlanta. Let's get to uh, Brandon, who's hanging out and wants to join us here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Brandon? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I just want to say, I just think it's interesting how they blamed everything on Jordan Poole. It's all his fault because he can't take a punch. And now the Warriors are in the tailspin because he has a bad attitude. And now he's gone. And the Warriors are still underperforming. So now who are they going to blame it on? He was a 17 to 20 points a game scorer, and you didn't replace him with anything. Chris Paul this season is scoring 8.3 points per game. You didn't replace Jordan Poole's points, so where is the offense coming from? I really think you should trade Draymond Green for Jordan Poole. He's not playing well in the Wizards, so you can get him on the cheap. That's all I want to say. Thanks. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? All of a sudden, Draymond's on the Wizards. All right. I, he had me up until the last five seconds, and he just pulled the rug from underneath both of us. All right, we continue here on 95.7 The Game. Much more with the Golden State Warriors. Where do they go from here? If there's a trade out there, what are you thinking? Larry Kruger, Dan Avone, back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. A lot of it's on us, and um, I think when they zoned us, our offense was too stagnant. Rather than trying to cut more off the ball and drive and kick, I think, uh, including myself, we were just too content standing around the perimeter instead of uh, playing with more force, getting in the paint, getting your teammate open, and uh, taking great shots. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Clay Thompson, a minus 26 last night, 13 points, as he talked about not a good performance, as the inconsistencies with Clay Thompson, as well as Andrew Wiggins and the rest of that team, continued last night as they get beaten by double digits at the hands of the Miami Heat and went into that contest without their best player, Jimmy Butler, but in a game that pretty much right from the get-go was dominated by that of the Miami Heat. Up next, they take on a Dallas Mavericks team. That is, <laughs> once again, here we go. No Kyrie Irving. Luka Doncic, not at full strength. 
But that certainly doesn't mean very much if you're thinking about the Golden State Warriors having any sort of clear advantage after what took place last night. Uh, Warriors, by the way, take on Dallas tomorrow. Did you see today, uh, just now, Luka Doncic, questionable with uh, left quad, left quad. So there you and go. Kyrie's out. All right, let's continue with the conversation about uh, Jonathan Kaminga's, where the coach in Vallejo wants to start things and gets us going in this segment. What's up, coach? Hey, guys. Happy uh, rainy Friday afternoon. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I want to mention that when talking about Kaminga, have you ever noticed it always starts with what he isn't doing or what he doesn't do instead of what he does? and what he brings to the table. We haven't had a player like Jonathan Kaminga that plays over the rim uh, on the Warriors probably since Jason Richardson. I mean, so I don't think Steve Kerr is familiar with this type of player. He hasn't adopted, Steve Kerr hasn't adopted the new NBA. Most of these guys play above the rim, okay? And uh, Steve Kerr hasn't learned that yet. Now, with Moses Moody and Kaminga, They've been good soldiers. I mean, they've really held their tongue, and uh, they've been doing the best they can. But they know that one mistake, and they're out the game and out of the rotation, where Kerr favors some other people like Jordan Poole in the past, and even like Pazinski now, they can make several mistakes, and they're going to stay in the rotation. So, yeah, uh, Kaminga and Moody, they know how good they are. They know the guys that are starting in the league now, they're Kaminga Moody's peers. I mean, they've been playing with these guys or dominating these guys their whole career, and now they're not getting a chance. I would love to see Jonathan Kaminga team up with Kate Cunningham on that Detroit team, and I think he'll make a heck of a difference. What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't want to see him moved. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, I think he's really, really talented. I think he's. A, I think he could be an outstanding finisher if they would set him up at the rim. When you jump and have the kind of length and athleticism that Kuminga has, you have to set him up at the rim at least a half dozen times a game. It doesn't happen. On this team, it does not happen. He's a dominating finisher. He could finish in traffic. He can finish over people. He's athletic. He's got length. He's got strength. I've seen him um, at times in an open floor setting. He fin- He's a dominating finisher at the rim. Does he have great handle? No. Does he? You know. So it's like don't stop giving him the ball on the perimeter. How about getting him the ball off of a second pass at the rim? To me, what I loved was when they would go play the two-man game with Green, and then Green would have uh, Kuminga in the dunker spot on the baseline, and he would just throw the lob to him. It's just an unstoppable thing. I mean, it's just a guy like Kuminga should have 15 points with hardly ever handling the basketball. I mean, he did, and instead he gets. Turnovers where he's, you know, getting these forays to the hoop and he's asked to kind of play make. He's a finisher. He's a dominating finisher. He could wind up with close to 20 points if you set him up at the rim, but they don't see, they don't show any real um, interest in doing that with any consistency. By the way, you mentioned the Detroit Pistons. We just have to give the shout out to the futility that is Detroit. You would listen. Coach, you're a Kaminga fan. You don't want to send anybody to purgatory that is Detroit these days. Losers of 28, 28 consecutive games. And that is really, it's a complete mess because a lot of their money's tied up in their head coach, Monty Williams, who is supposed to fix things. And seeing poor Monty having to go to the mic after yet another loss and trying to fix things out there in Detroit is just really sad. Well, I mean, and is Monty doing the right thing? Because he's got a young team, and he's just putting them out there, and they're just getting beat. If, if there is a fire sale, are you interested in anybody that Detroit's willing to get rid of right now? Yes. I'd be, in, I'd be very interested in uh, a lot of Detroit's players. Um I mean, you name them. I mean, I seriously, I, mean, I, I, I love Durin, Durin, the big man from Memphis, or from, uh, where'd he play? Did he play at Memphis? He did. I, no, uh, Memphis is, is Weissman. I'm not really sure where Durin was at, but he's he's a big guy who, who can rim run. That's the size the Warriors are looking for. 
but I like him a lot. I mean, um, you know, I mean, you look at that roster. Bojan Bogdanovich is a winning player. He's a big time perimeter shooter. Um, he makes $20 million. I've heard people suggest that Draymond to the Pistons in a deal involving Bogdanovich and let Draymond be the the veteran in their room and let Bogdanovich be a role player on Golden State. Um, that, that works on the cap. I don't know if I would be in favor of that. Uh, but Bogdanovich is a big-time s- scorer. I love Cade Cunningham. Yeah, they want to move Cade Cunningham. I don't think that's. Um, I would take Jalen Dern in a heartbeat. You know they've got they've got Jaden Ivey's a great athlete. There's no question there. Um, the rest of that team, Isaiah Stewart's a nice player. You, the, I like Azir Azir Thompson, the rookie who's from Oakland, I believe. Um, they got this guy named James Wiseman. No, uh, no, I wouldn't be interested in Wiseman. But yeah, there's some players there I'd be interested in. No, no question. I mean, even if you're if you're looking to make the money work, um, you know, and you had some kind of bigger deal involved, you know, I'd take Alec Burks back as a role player. You know, as a as a guy who comes off the bench and gives you some points. I mean, really, I want to see them create a direction, though. You know, not just make a deal, create a direction. You know, are you are are you going to try to load up for this year? Are you going to try to sell off a couple old players and give yourself, you know, a little bit more of a youth movement and and try to build with some other players around Steph in the next couple years? Um, but once again, I mean, you're going to have to talk to Steph about how he feels about this because the one thing you can't have happen, you can't make a move and have Steph demand a trade. Because you didn't have him in the loop, and you offended him, and he's mad. Because now you're devaluing your franchise, and all you know you're creating huge amounts of turmoil. So to me, big part of this, um, you know, where they're at as a franchise is communication. Talking about Detroit, I just I got to throw Monty Williams out there because. He has the biggest contract in league history. And this is after he got fired from the Phoenix Suns. So you wonder why you know, franchises don't do well and continue to struggle. Just be thankful of people like that of Lake and Company. I mean, he's, he can make $100 million uh, with his contract, which has it's laced with incentives. But a lot of their money is just tied up with their head coach, who has now once again lost 28 consecutive games. Did you, did you guys see how the game happened last night? They were up by 20 in Boston, and they, they choked away the lead and ended up losing in overtime. That's what happens when you expect to lose, sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. That is brutal, though. Antonio is in Oakland, California, and wants to get in on the Steve Kerr talk and the fate of the Golden State Warriors. Antonio, what's up, man? Oh, man. You know, I think uh, Steve Kerr, he has some bad rotations. You know, he plays favorites and all that. He has some dog houses, kind of like Kyle Shanahan-esque. You know, Brandon IU and all that. Um, you know, Kaminga and Wiggins, man, they could easily be like a, like a poor man's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, man. Like, I don't understand why the plus minus is not that good when they're on the court together. But, you know, uh, Wiggins, he's like a days ago, trade him. Hopefully, we have Pascal Yakum. As far as like Kay Cunningham, I was just talking about that with my dad earlier. It's a trip. So, yeah, I actually want Kay Cunningham to be on the Warriors somehow, some way, the next year. So, uh, yeah, man, him and Steph would be a great tandem. So, uh, yeah, man, happy holidays. We're watching you later, Larry Kruger. Appreciate so, you, man. He's the man, Antonio. It's Larry Kruger, the legend. Hey, <laughs> you know, I, I've got to defend Kerr a little bit when it comes to Kaminga. Because, yes, I think Pajemski in the beginning of the year was just DMP'd. Like, he wasn't playing until it was that Minnesota game. Remember, we were talking about that. You know, it was the Minnesota game where, you know, Draymond went off for the first time and got... Got Rudy Gobert in that chokehold. But that was the game where Brandon Pajemski, you know, that was his breakout game. And then, of course, he gets an opportunity to play out of sort of need. But Steve Kerr, he was the one guy that was privy to TJD as well as Brandon Pajemski. We didn't see these guys play in practice. We had no idea what they were capable of. So that's on him for not moving him up in the rotation a lot sooner. But with that being said, when it comes to Kaminga, when you have games like that, for whatever reason, none of the callers are mentioning the minus 26 and the six turnovers. We'd like to talk about what it is that he has done since he was inserted in the starting lineup, but it's this lack of consistency, whereas, you know, 
if it's Pajemski as well as Trace Jackson Davis, I think you're seeing the coach, although he's slow to the party, giving them an opportunity to play because he recognizes that these rookies are contributing again. Jonathan Kaminga's inconsistency was on full display again last night, Larry. I'm just curious your thoughts. Well, I mean, you're going to have to live with some of that. I mean, you know, so so he had six turnovers. And what did uh, Miami turn that into? They turned it into four points. Who cares? I really don't care about those six turnovers that, that Miami turned into four points. I really care more about Jonathan Kaminga getting consistent run since he is the future. Um, he's averaged about 21 minutes per game in 30 games this year coming into that game last night. He's, he's making about 50% from the field. Um, he's not, he's, he's hitting a low percentage of his threes. Um, and, and, you know, he last year, but he's, he's been better from three in December. I think he's 29% for the year, but like 41% in December. So, I mean, I think we're, we're seeing some improvement there. I just think that, you know, you look at Wiggins and he's just struggling on both ends of the floor. I mean, he's got the second worst net rating among among players in Kerr's rotation. Uh, he's scoring just twelve point six points per game. It's the lowest average of his career. He's shooting twenty nine percent from beyond the arc. Um, that's his worst mark since he entered the league in twenty fourteen. He just doesn't seem like it's like it's like we th- we thought he was in the the Celtics finals year was going to be like a takeoff point, and that's clearly like his high water mark. So. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is on Wiggins. I to me it seems like, you know, the Warriors are sitting there and they're the 11th seed in the West and the losses are piling up and Wiggins struggles. You know, he has one good game and then three or four struggling games. Um I think I think you're going to I think he's going to get dealt. I really do. If you said bet bet on somebody to get dealt, my bet is on Jonathan is on uh, Andrew Wiggins. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.